And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And I uh, thank you for tuning in today. I'm going to I'm going to start today with an article that somebody sent me forwarded me um, just a couple days ago. And this article it presents two arguments that can impact how you invest in real estate. So I want to present that and let's see which side of the the aisle that you are on. And I don't mean political aisle. I don't I don't care about that. Um, which side of the the discussion or the the debate and I'll, I'll let you know where I stand and how Lifestyles Unlimited approaches the topic. And this is important because if you are wanting to quickly build up passive income to get to that financial freedom, right? Let's say passive income starting with maybe $1,000 a month, extra cash flow, maybe 2000 maybe more. You've got to pick the right side. And it's, and it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be hard. By the way, if you have any articles or anything you want to send my way, I do appreciate those. Uh, send that to askandy at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Askandy at l-u-inc dot com. And you're going to want to stick around to the end of the show. Um, what we're going to be talking about is debt today. Uh, which side of that uh, discussion are you on? And speaking of debt, I learned a, actually a very interesting approach to using a 1031 exchange, right? That's a tax-deferred exchange to roll out of single family and into passive investing in multifamily. So if you're in single family now, if you have rentals and you're thinking about getting out of those and getting into the, the, the passive side of things, stick around. We're going to hit that at the very end of the show. It ties a, a bit into our discussion today. So the article... Uh, the article that I'm looking at, um, again, someone sent me this just a little bit ago uh, in email, and it, it, it pits two big names in what I'll call the finance industry, uh, finance gurus perhaps, uh, it pits them against each other. And I'm talking about Robert Kiyosaki and Dave Dave Ramsey. And if you're not familiar with Robert Kiyosaki, um, he has some well-known books out there that have really helped actually move a lot of people from wherever they are to start into the real estate investing space. So I, they're, they're, they're going to name a couple. They're, they're good reads. They might help you with your mindset. Check out Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and check out Cashflow Quadrant. Those two are typically beginner sort of material that help people start to think about uh, what they're doing and investing in, in real estate. So that's one of the guys. And in this article, um, Kiyosaki, he's quoted as calling this other guy, this other well-known personal finance guru, Dave Ramsey, um, well, let's just say he calls him some names for his uh, position, for Dave's position on debt, which is essentially, you know, most people know Dave Ramsey, I think by now he's been around for a while. And his position essentially is, is, is all debt is bad. Everyone should be debt free. I mean, that's the, that's the drum that, that he beats. Get out of debt. Stay out of debt. Oh, debt is bad. Whereas Kiyosaki, he likes to point out how far in debt he is to the tune of about a billion dollars per his uh, statement in this uh, in this article. So in, in in essence, in this in this little news bit, this little article, we have 
kind of the two extreme ends on a on the debt versus no debt spectrum. And I'm curious when you hear these two extreme perspectives, I think where do you stand? What is your position? Is debt bad or is debt good? Eh, maybe you don't have an opinion at all. Which is who who are these guys is right? I'll tell you, let me tell you where I where I arrived from first and, and, and where I stand now on that spectrum. I'm not a billion dollars in debt. <laughs> I'm nowhere near that. Um, but I'll tell you, my parents, when I was growing up, they were, they were very good about managing debt. You know, we were just middle class, didn't, didn't have much debt to, to speak of, really rented for a very long time, eventually took on uh, mortgage debt when my parents finally bought a house when I was in late, I think junior high, maybe early high school couple of cars. Now, that, nothing crazy. That was it. Right? No, no real struggles. And somehow from them, I got the notion or uh, maybe the goal to keep that at a minimum, right? Like, like Dave Ramsey, that ultimately debt is a bad thing. Pay down that mortgage fast, scrimp and save, suffer, right? Struggle till I have that paid off and I don't owe any, anything to anybody, right? That's where I came from, but that changed. And, and it took a bit of a mindset shift for me. Um, and a big one really at that, because I was paying down things quickly that I did have, uh, on my balance sheet in the debt column. And, and it's something that I learned at Lifestyles Unlimited that really has been life-changing. And that is that debt is, it's, it's not only okay, it's a great thing when it's used responsible, responsibly and when it's the right kind of debt. And this, this really is, I think, Kiyosaki's main point when he's bad-mouthing Dave, uh, ultimately. And... Some types of debt are bad. They can be bad, you know. And so you view it as a bad thing, as, as risky. And most consumer debt is, right? I would, I would put that in the, the if, I, if I just black and white, you know, right, binary one and zero, if I just classify it as good or bad, I would put the consumer debt for the most part in the, in the bad category, most credit card debt, right? Depending on how you use credit cards. Now, for me... I use the heck out of credit cards. It's an easy form of payment. It allows me to track things very easily. I get cash back or maybe airline rewards. Or there are good reasons to use that if you use it well. Pay it off monthly. Don't, don't carry debt on those. That's very high interest. That's bad debt if you keep that on your balance sheet. But if you're clearing it out right before the, the due date every month, that's fine. I think that's okay. Student loan debt, right? That's bad news for a lot of people. Bad news. What about debt on something like a car or a truck, some sort of personal vehicle? I might make a cautious exception here. And if we have time at the, towards the end of the show, I'll talk about why, why I say that later. If I do not get to that because I've talked too much and run out of time, go to our website, lifestylesunlimited.com and look up cash flow chunking or just look up chunking. There's a search bar at the bottom of the website and that'll that'll describe a little bit of the approach that I have in mind when I say yeah I, this is a cautious exception here so some debt is bad but debt used wisely as a lever right leverage in the business sense can really really propel you can really really help you okay we're going to get to some types of debt here in just a second so you, you understand what, I, what, I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, but first, it's important to understand um, a few things about real estate investing in, in, in general. 
These are things, by the way, we talk about at our free workshop. If you do go to our website, uh, reg you can register for that there. But you know, we, we talk, for example, about the way we, we make money on our houses and on our apartments. We make money five different ways on those houses, on those rental houses. Five. Six. Six on apartments, if you are doing it right. And that's the caveat. You have to be doing it correctly. And that's what we do at Lifestyles Unlimited. We teach you, we educate you, we mentor you on doing these things the right way. The five ways when I think about houses, I'm a longtime single family investor, 12 years plus doing this now. Cash flow, equity capture, equity buildup, appreciation, tax advantages, throwing forced appreciation if we're talking about apartments. We get, in, we, we get into that in much more detail elsewhere. But if you're doing it right, you're making money all these different ways. If you're not, you're not going to enjoy all of these avenues to create cash flow and to grow wealth. So how do we do it at Lifestyles Unlimited? Let me just give you a very brief uh, description of the model. Essentially, whether houses or apartments, we're finding and buying distressed assets. And because they're distressed, maybe physically or maybe the seller's in a hurry to sell for whatever reason, divorce, death, inheritance, there are tons of reasons. Because it's a distressed situation, we get these at a discount and we buy them with debt, with leverage. And if I think about houses in particular, we're typically using a form of short-term construction loan. I'll tell you what that's called here in a minute. And we use that to acquire and, and, and then stabilize the properties, right? Usually there's some level of renovations. It's usually a level of physical distress uh, to the situation. Uh, if not, if not both physical as well as seller distress, but we go in, we do the renovations, stabilize the property, we rent it, right? Put a great resident in there, and then we refinance into long-term debt out of that short-term debt, and then we sit back, and we enjoy the cash flow, and we watch our equity and our wealth build. We make money five ways, okay? If you're doing it right. So to transition into debt, I mentioned a short-term construction loan. I mentioned um, refinancing into long-term debt. When you're following the model that we follow, those both come into play. And maybe a couple of other debt tools as well. Again, think of this as a tool, not anything to run away from, not anything to be afraid of. It is a tool, just like the screwdriver in my garage or the, the hammer. It's a tool that if you use it right, right, it helps you, it powers you, empowers you. But there are a lot of types of debt out there. So forget the consumer. We're just focused on the real estate space now. And, and ultimately, ultimately, you want to get into a long-term 30-year fixed-rate product that's going to allow you to have the biggest cash flow. And usually when we start out, we're talking about what is known as a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac-backed product. These are uh, government-sponsored entities. And this is the cheapest debt that you're going to be able to get out there, typically, typically. And that's also commonly in the real estate space, you'll hear us refer to this as a conventional loan, right? This 30-year fixed rate product, it's a conventional uh, debt product. The problem with this is you can only do 10 of these Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac backed loans. You can only have 10 mortgages in your name. So what do you do then? Well, a new debt tool comes into play. There are various, various types of commercial debt. And this is something I'm exploring right now, right? Kiyosaki throws out a billion, he's a billion dollars in debt. <laughs> I am, I'm nowhere near that. Uh, I've got a couple million in debt and I would like to double that debt. But in order to do that, I need to get some equity and then redeploy it, take on more debt. But I'm at the point, Fannie Mae doesn't work with me anymore. 
So we're looking at other types of commercial debt. DSCR loans, very, very common, very popular right now. That's what I'm getting quotes on. That stands for debt service coverage ratio. It's a very specific commercial product. There's a lot of variety out there, so talk to a lot of different lenders, but it's a good way to expand your toolbox when it comes to the debt side of those, those tools. DSCR loans, portfolio debt. You know, if you've got a portfolio like I do, you may not want to do onesie, twosie uh, loans, right? It's a little bit more work, a little bit more uh, transaction cost. You can just roll over your entire portfolio of single-family rentals into one note. That's a portfolio note uh, or, or umbrella loan, perhaps. Right? That's a way you can go. Now, maybe you've got a lot of, you've been, like I was doing, aggressively paying down that mortgage. You've got a lot of equity in your personal house, right? Another form of debt you might consider is a home equity line of credit on that house. To get that cash to get those cash flowing assets. You can do the same on your, your, your rentals. That's a line of credit. It's not a home equity line of credit, similar idea. When we come back from the break, I want to get to my favorite hands down debt tool that you may not have ever heard of. So stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Well, one thing it has meant for us, and we have to compliment you, you've given us our time back. And I say our time because we got married 33 years ago, and we got married in July. Do you know why? Well, that was before I met Lifestyles. I used to work for Ford Motor Company. And with Ford Motor Company, I was uh, in the automotive division. They have shut down during July, the first two weeks of July. So, so you had, had to wait for down, a shutdown to get married? Yes. Yes, he actually Whoa, changed. that's dedication there. <laughs> he made me change our wedding date. It was supposed to be June 15th, and I changed. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so if I had been in lifestyle, I could have gotten married when I wanted to. <laughs> And the ring would have been bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Ready to get your time back like Vivian and Cornell? Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Andy Webb. If you have any questions today, you can email me at askandy at l-u-i-n-c. Dot com. Again, ask Andy at luinc.com. I answer those personally. That's me on the other end. Uh, I receive those. I reply. So appreciate your questions. I appreciate any uh, any any material that you find out there. There's a lot of interesting stuff. I, I try to do my research, and I, it's helpful when I get the occasional feeds like we have today. And again, this was all triggered by an article I got. Somebody emailed me. Um, two big names in finance out there um, on both ends of the debt spectrum no debt debt bad versus debt great debt is a wonderful tool and i and i confess i i migrated from one end the no debt debt is bad end of the spectrum to now debt is great and in fact i need to add more debt to my balance sheet because i know when i add more debt to my balance sheet i'm going to be adding even more into the asset column of that balance sheet so we're working on that personally and we're talking now about different types of debt that we use commonly in real estate a prior segment talked about conventional a couple other types but hands down, my favorite, and this is the one that scared the heck out of me when I when I joined Lifestyles Unlimited 12 years ago, and when my wife and I started exploring uh, buying in single family uh, buying single family houses, scared the heck out of me. It was hard money, hard money. What is that? I have a finance background. I worked in corporate finance uh, overseas, big German company here in the states as well. Never heard hard money. 
Never, what is that? Well, hard money is essentially a debt product that is backed by the hard asset, right? The house, but it comes with a very high interest rate. And that was what made me nervous. Back then when I started, I think the rates were 14%. They came down a little bit. They've come back up as uh, rates generally have come back up. I had fear and I had to talk to mentors. I had to talk with other investors, but I got over that fear. And this has, again, hands down become my favorite tool because this tool allows me to buy these distressed assets, these distressed houses very, very quickly. It's just another tool. When you learn how to use it, it can really propel you forward. And we've done a lot of shows on this product. I'm not going to go into great detail. Again, if you go to our website, lifestylesunlimited.com, go to the bottom search bar, type in hard money. Uh, you'll find a lot of shows and, and some articles on that. But the key points are that this particular debt product does not care about the condition of the property. It doesn't matter if walk up here in Beam House and one of the bedrooms is missing all the flooring. Subfloor is gone. I can see the dirt. I cannot do one of those conventional loan products with a house in that condition. Sometimes just with the foundation being a little bit out of whack, ain't going to cut it. One window's broken, ain't going to cut it. Carpet's missing in the bedroom. Fannie Mae will not, will not insure that. So I will not be able to get a conventional loan. Hard money doesn't care does not care about the condition of the property. And more importantly, or equally as important, they can close fast. I closed a hard money loan in three days, a number of years ago. This was a house that came to me from a wholesaler who had shopped it around, took too long. I don't know. They're coming up against the, the deadline on their contract, needed it to move fast. And we needed to move fast because this was a great house in a great submarket. Three days. Conventional loans will not do that. I can go fast. Doesn't care about the condition allows me to buy these distressed properties very, very quickly. Hard money is essentially a type of private money, right? Um, but don't be afraid like I was years ago because it is high interest. You want to be in and out of this thing fast. And that's what we teach you to do. Buy, renovate, refinance in a very short period of time, a couple months, right? Depending on the scope of work. Speaking of private money, something else you might explore. This is a little less conventional. Go talk to grandma. Right? Go talk to mom and dad. Go talk to your uncle that has some, some capital. Lots of people I know will uh, finance their acquisitions this way. Right? Where, where they have their money sitting now. Maybe in a high interest account earning 5%. You just need to offer above that. Give them 1% uh, origination fee, something like that. Right? Immediate cash in their pocket. And then consistent cash while you hold the property. Not uncommon. Not uncommon. So the Lifestyles Unlimited model, though, coming back to that, we're typically buying with hard money. We do the repairs, the renovations, and we refinance into a conventional loan. That's the model. Debt. Leverage. Don't buy cash. Now, there's one possible exception. We're going to get to that in the latter segment. I want to tell you about that when we, when we get to the topic on using the 1031 exchange to get out of single family and into passive investing in multifamily. I think this is a great trick. So one possible exception, but there are two big reasons why you should not buy cash, right? Number one, and I'll give you an example here with some numbers. So bear with me, numbers on the radio. I know that that can be tough, but you use your cash more effectively with debt versus buying all cash. Number two, the tax benefits. One of the five ways we make money on our houses are through the uh, through the tax benefits, and you lose those, a portion of those, when you buy all cash. So what do I mean? Use your cash more effectively. Simply put, with leverage, you can buy more assets. Just remember that, okay? And the advantage of making money five different ways on one house becomes making money five different ways on three, four, five, multiple houses, more houses. So if I take an example, let's say I buy a distressed house for $100,000, nice round number, 
and it needs $50,000 in renovations to get it rent ready, to get it up to market value. And that market value, by the way, is $200,000 because we buy right, right? We're buying from distressed sellers. They don't necessarily know what they have or know how to handle those renovations. In their mind, those renovations are $200,000. But we're educated investors. We know the reality here. So we buy for $150,000 in rehab, $200,000 market value when it's fixed up. If you buy all cash, what is your investment in that property? 100 plus 50 plus some minimal closing costs, call it $150,000 all in. But I, educated investor, not afraid of hard money any longer. I buy it with hard money. I fix it up and I refinance after a couple of months into that 30 year conventional debt. Now, because I'm buying with hard money and then refinancing later, there are two closings. We're going to add an additional $10,000 in closing costs on top. Okay, just a little bit extra amount there for the closings, a little bit of holding cost. So we're 160000 all in, a little bit higher than the all-cash buyer, but I'm only out of pocket about $20,000. That's about 10% down if you look at the market value. These are, these are numbers that I see out there right now. Okay, these, the, you can find these deals. So $20,000 out of pocket instead of one hundred and fifty. If I can repeat that, and you can, you can. That's the beauty of this. This is what we teach. It's a very easy model to repeat over and over and over again. Until like me, you are financially free. Maybe you retire from the job. So if I repeat that, 20K out of pocket, $200,000 value property at the end of the day, I can buy seven houses instead of just one. Seven houses making me money five different ways. Now, maybe I want to be a little bit conservative, keep a little bit of money in the bank as reserves. Let's just say six. Can you picture buying six houses, kicking off cash flow every month? What would that do for you, right? Six month, six houses making money five different ways. And remember, we're making money at purchase with the equity capture. Then we have our cash flow, equity buildup over time, appreciation on the houses. And let's go back to the tax advantages. Because one of those comes from the fact that I do have debt on the property. Mortgage interest is an expense. You deduct that on your taxes. And if you're doing it right, you're going to combine that mortgage uh, interest expense with depreciation, which is just a paper expense. And on paper, it's going to look like you're not making any money on that house. You're going to pay no taxes on that cash flow if you're doing it right. Last topic I want to get to. I teased this at the very, very start of the show. I learned about this tactic from a member in California. He used a 1031 exchange to help him get out of a single family property and into passive apartment investments. Okay, that's what we're gonna talk about. And I heard about this from him, just from my network. And he in turn learned about it from one of the single family uh, mentors at Lifestyles Unlimited. Okay, and just to give you a little bit of background so you understand, and, and this you can research at our website as well, uh, in the search bar, put in 1031 exchange, what that is, it's uh, it's something it's part of the IRS tax code, and it allows an investor to sell one of those rental properties and take out the gains, the capital gains, and roll those forward into a new rental property or maybe maybe multiple, while at the same time deferring the taxes on those gains. Right, it all rolls forward into those next properties. You can keep doing this ad infinitum, and, and the key here is you keep more of your money in play. Right, you you defer those taxes, you're not paying them at this time, so you keep more of your money in play. And that allows you to do more. That just allows you to do more. And there are a lot of rules around a 1031 exchange. I'm not going to get into those here. Um, if you think you're going to go down this route, you need to find what is called a qualified intermediary. They manage the process. When you sell that rental, the funds go to them, right? They hold the funds until you deploy those into your target replacement property or, or, or properties. But they have to handle the process for you. This is not something that you can DIY. You cannot do this uh, yourself. But here's the point. 
If you're like me and you've started moving your capital from that single family rental property basis that you built up over, it might just be a couple of years. My, my, my case has been 12 years, right? With the equity capture, by the way, that we're seeing in the market right now, people are putting 20K into a property, getting 40K in additional equity, they're sitting on 60. That speaks to using this tactic sooner, potentially sooner rather than later. But if you're like me and you've started moving capital from those single family rentals into passive multifamily investments, then you run into a problem with the basic 1031 exchange strategy. And that comes down to your tax ID. When I sell one of my rental properties, it's it's in my personal name or it's in my LLC. Whatever I pick up on the back end as part of that 1031 exchange, it has to share that tax ID or something similar. It can be, you know, if I sell a house in my personal name and I acquire, let's say, small multifamily in an LLC, I would never acquire that in my name. Um, that tax that LLC is a pass-through entity essentially, so that can work. Again, talk with the the intermediary about that. Um, there are some exceptions, but. I'm not able to roll into a passive multifamily investment because that's a totally different entity, totally different tax ID. So I cannot sell one of my single family rentals and roll that into passive multifamily. But I want to invest. I want to invest in more passive apartments without taking a huge tax hit. Now, I did talk about one way you can do this on a recent show. We sold a house uh, a couple months ago, and we took existing passive losses that we've accrued over that decade plus on our single family, as well as passive losses that we've gotten from apartments we've invested in, applied those to the, the gains on that sale. Did not do a 1031, applied those to the gain on the sale. It's gonna, it's gonna be a wash, right? That's one way you can do it. Those passive losses, they do collect over time. They don't go away from year to year. But a new way, new to me anyhow, is what I learned from this investor. And he took a property, he sold a property that he held for a while, huge gains, huge gains, and he did do a 1031 exchange. And he ultimately got into apartments as a passive. How did he do that? Well, here's the cool part. He did that 1031 exchange, and he used the funds to buy a couple of more properties. He put debt on one or two of those. I don't, don't remember the exact number. But here's the cool part. We always say don't buy cash. Here's the exception. He used a big chunk of cash to buy a single family rental house outright, all cash, okay? And then what did he do? He turned around and did a cash out refinance on the property. Now, I don't know if he waited for it to season for six months or whatever the current seasoning rules are, or if he um, did deferred, or excuse me, um, delayed financing. That's another financing tool. We didn't really talk about that. Your lender can tell you what that is and how that works. But he did a cash out refinance on the property. In other words, he put debt on it, that is not a taxable event, and took the cash out tax-free and deployed that into a couple of passive investments in apartments. So that right there, new to me. I've been doing this for a long time, but I'm always learning. That's why I get out to these networking events, case study, for example, uh, road trips, etc. But a good way to take advantage of that equity, avoid those taxes, defer them, let's use the correct term, defer those taxes, and grow and grow but it does it does take some comfort comfort with using debt it does take some comfort some sophistication let's say which you can get as you continue to learn and listen to this program and get out to some networking and education events um but i found that fascinating because that's exactly what my wife and i are doing right now we're, we're disposing of some assets selling refinancing others in order to get into more apartments very timely story from a, a long-term investor that has a lot of experience helped me learn so think about Going back to the basic uh, conversation today, debt or no debt, where do you sit on the fence? And is that going to get you where you want to go if you're on that no debt end of the spectrum? If you think there's no way, there's no way I'm going to overcome that mindset hurdle that I know I have, and I had too. I had it too. Um, you can. 
You might need a little bit of help. I needed a shove. I needed a push. I needed a nudge. I needed a kick. But I got there. You can too. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com. I mentioned our free workshop. There's a registration button there. Doesn't cost anything. Hour and a half. Done virtually. It is live. So you can ask questions uh, during the course of the, the seminar. Um, but learn what we do there. We'll talk about the five or six ways we make money on houses or apartments and get you going. Start getting you over that mindset hurdle. Get you from that one end of the spectrum to the much better, much better performing end. Trust me, you will like it there. Hey, thank you for listening today. Remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.